Slope, I'm Ewan, and as ever, we are joined by Greg and Harry. No guests this week. How you doing, lads? Hmm. Good evening to everyone other than David Tanner. <laughs> I am absolutely done because I'm raging. I'm raging. <sighs> I'm fuming. Other than other than Saturday afternoon, good weekend. No. <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible to have a good weekend after that? Um, no. So we'll, get, we'll get straight into it. The St. Johnson game, obviously. Another disappointment on the back of the Motherwell game. Um, it's not the first time this season that we've seen this Hibs team suffer back-to-back defeats. Um, we will obviously touch on that later on as well. But um, what, what went wrong in the weekend, Harry? Um, obviously started really slowly. Um Never really got going, and St. Johnson obviously scored the early goal, and then Hibs pretty much dominated the game after that, but never really done anything with the ball. What, what, what do you think happened at the weekend there? It's just all the things that we praised them for a couple of weeks back, like the tempo, the willingness to get forward, the directness. It's all just disappeared, and like, well, we were very direct, but we were very direct to Martin Boyle, who was going up against. <laughs> bloody NBA players at the back eh? so what's he going to do against them Um, the team just like after the second half started St Johnston tried to attack once um, tried to do a motherwell and steal a goal quickly that didn't work for them and then they sat back for 45 minutes because they knew we wouldn't do anything we didn't create a single chance in the second half we had two half chances that Doig created for himself but if your left back's taking two shots on his right foot and that's your best chance as a half then you know you've got a problem I'm not going to talk too much about Newell because I am happy he's extended his contract but I think he's doing a Martin Boyle in the sense that um, if he keeps playing the way he's playing I'm going to be questioning if he should have signed the contract in the first place because I thought that was his worst performance since Hecky. I thought he was dreadful I thought that he made more passes to St Johnston players than St Johnston did um, I, like, I know that Irvin's been getting quite a lot of flack because he was brought in to be this big massive superstar for us and um, he's probably not quite lived up to that level but in the first half, he played a cracking ball through to Boyle, and if Boyle had a bit more strength, but him obviously not his game. He would have got on the end of that and could have scored. That was a great ball through. Um, so if he's playing badly and setting up a chance of game, I'm not really going to criticise him. But we could literally go through player by player and say what they've done wrong. Um, I don't think anybody got pass marks for me personally. I think the highest. Don't think anyone was horrendous either. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that this is a thing that we've obviously. I thought about. I thought Neil I thought Neil had a bad game. Um, I, I didn't like normally throwing people under the bus. I thought Neil was very poor, um, considering the standard that he set for himself. Um, for me personally, I don't think Paul McGinn's looked himself since the turn of the year, since we had those two bad games in January. I don't think he's looked confident in the team at all. I don't know if I run on the bench, not to like look to drop him permanently, but just to give yeah. him a rest um, could be a good idea because he just doesn't look himself. Like The player we've seen at the start of the season, we were saying, how is Paul McGinn dropping an 8 out of 10 every week and it's now... Um, why is Paul McGinn dropping a four out of ten every week? So, aye, that those are probably the two players I'd point that I just wasn't happy with at all. But yeah, yeah, and Greg, straight up, obviously straight to you. So, another game where we dominated the ball, um, we've had over sixty percent possession in the in, in the last in the last two games against Motherwell and St Johnson, but we've really not created anything. What um, 
what why why are we so sort of stale, so blunt, like blunt knife in the in the final third just now? If I had the answer, I would write Jack Ross a pamphlet, possibly um a, a, a book the size of the, the New Testament <laughs> on what where we're going wrong. Um it's the same as last week, though. There's, there's no urgency in the team. There's no creativity. You know, we're so very well passing the ball sideways. Yes, Barry Ferguson made a clear out of it, but when you're chasing the game away to St. Johnson, who are sitting in, then you're going to get nothing for the game. And I think I touched on it um, earlier, like in, in the chat. I said that Chris Cadden carried the ball into St. Johnson half, and nobody's looking for it. Nobody's making the runs that we were making a few weeks ago. We're just we're just standing. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure why it's all of a sudden changed. It it seems to be in patterns that these two games come around, yeah. where we just don't do anything. You know, St. Johnson. They didn't even have to show up at the weekend for me. They they had what they had one one shot one goal and then sat in and we couldn't break them down. Which to me is frustrating because, you know, as much as maybe I've had a go at players, you know, we've got so much ability in the team. And that's why these games are so frustrating. Yeah. Because we don't create anything. And and like Harry said, you're lumping the ball up to Martin Boyle. I mean, that's when you get desperate. And, you know, at that point, that you're not going to get in for the game. And That's the thing for me. Like, I think it's like, and I think you've both sort of hit the nail on the head. Like everything that was good about the winning run, maybe mm-hmm. it did sort of start to disappear in the Hamilton game. Was the yeah. pace and the energy and the directness that we had in the team, but directness in terms of getting the ball into the forward quickly. You know what I mean? Not necessarily lumping it forward, but when we had the ball, we were moving it quickly and getting in in behind the opposition. Uh, you've seen it for like Martin Boyle's goal against Aberdeen when Lewis Stevenson played mm-hmm. him through sort of prime example of that and we've not really seen anything like that across um, I think the Hamilton game you've still seen it um, maybe just I remember yeah. in the Hamilton game Jack Snurvin maybe chose the wrong option once and Jamie Murphy chose the wrong option once and then but in the last two games we just yeah, everything that was good in the in the winning stretch has sort of went away and from the winning I, 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 I don't even know we're not. Def- I know we can see three goals, but I don't think we're defending badly. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I mean the Motherwell game maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't think we. I don't think we. The Motherwell game like the was shocking defending, but even at the weekend, it's not bad defending that's led to the goal. It's an error. Yeah, like, and it's just a mishit clearance. You know what I mean? He's not. And like many times you see players try that shot and stick it in the in the stand as well. I would disagree in the sense that I like I'm not going to criticise Doig for that because he's still really young. It was a bad mistake, but he's going to make those mistakes. And um, you said it to me and Greg earlier. He bounced back really well from it, and by the end of the game, you wouldn't have thought he made the mistake because he didn't hide. He did show a lot for the rest of the game. But it's terrible defending after he makes the clearance because those players have got plenty of time to get out and press Liam Craig. For me, if he's, if he's on the edge of the box, he shouldn't have five yards that he's got able to take an extra touch and put it in the corner. He should have to hit that first time, or he shouldn't have been able to hit that at all. That's terrible defending in my eyes. Do you know what? Do you know what did annoy me? I thought they tried. When to... the... Sorry, Ian. I, I I thought they tried to get out, but again, I actually thought Marshall could have could have saved it. I don't know. I think maybe just the dip on it at the end maybe mm. took it away from him. But and maybe that's would come to expect Marshall to make 
saves on maybe more difficult shots, but mm-hmm. when it when it first went in, and then I think there was an angle behind the goal, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, I thought maybe he could have saved it, but I, it's one of the goals. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, it is an error. Like Josh Doyle could have cleared it or better, and maybe we could have pushed it down better. But as a unit, I think the defense is doing okay just now. Of mine, obviously the Motherwell game, but. Even then, it was sort of two lapses in concentration. Obviously, they've not been put under tons of pressure in the, in the games either. But for me, the balance in front of them is is a bit off just now. Um, we've won four games in a row, and then Joe Newell's come back in, and we've and we've lost two. And I'm not pinning it on Joe Newell by any means, but how is why are we sort of shoehorning? <laughs> do you do you think we're trying to shoehorn Joe Newell into the team to to because obviously. Against um, Motherwell, Gogic didn't play, and then at the weekend, Jamie Murphy didn't play. But do you think this balance in midfield is where our issues are maybe coming from just now, Harry? I'd I'd like to first of all stick up for Jack Ross here. If you would like to hear me out, Greg's face is no longer happy. Not that it was in the first place tonight, but for me, I think that it's just common sense in sport or in any walk of life. You've got to use the best that's available to you, and I don't mind them trying to put. Jackson Irvin and Joan Newell in a midfield together. I don't think that that's a wrong thing. I did say I, I yeah, questioned yeah. whether it would work, but I don't blame Jack Ross for doing that against Motherwell. I blame him for doing it again um, against St. Johnston. Um, I think that it was clear that they just don't have any form of connection yet. I don't think they've spent enough time in training together to have built a connection. Both of them look lost in the game. So instead of having three in the midfield, you just got Gogic trying to cover all three areas because Newell and Irvin don't really know what to do alongside each other. So either don't play them together or wait until they've actually got some sort of connection and communication where they can play together effectively because it's just so obvious that they're not comfortable being on the same pitch as one another at the moment. It's not like there are massive clashes between each other, but the reason that... um, match fitness and um, team chemistry is so important as it does cause things like that at the weekend there was literally no continuity or um, connection in the midfield at all um, and if Gogic has got to be the one to try and pull the strings then you know you've got a problem yeah. so we need to either play one at a time just kind of play them together at the moment I think that much is obvious yeah I think so was, I mentioned it last week that I maybe would have dropped Urban in the weekend I just think he's a bit he looks a bit leggy um mm-hmm. I think in his first few games, you've seen him getting really like, around the pitch a lot. I don't think you're seeing that as much just now. And again, I'm not saying he played badly. I didn't even, I didn't really think Joe Newell was that bad either, to be honest with you. But um, I think Irvin just needs a rest. Like he's not really played football in, was it since March last year? And then he's come in and not missed a game. And I, has he even been subbed off other than on his debut? <laughs> like, I, and as much as yeah, players need minutes, I think as well, you then sort of plateau and maybe need taken out and then brought back in um, the new it's, it's a weird one because obviously Newell's probably been our best player this season and then since he's come back from injury that's coincided with obviously this little mini run of defeat so not really sure where we, where we go from there and then you've both mentioned again just how direct we went at the weekend now obviously I know Paul McGinn has come out and said about the sort of surfaces that we're playing on and stuff but why on earth were we going so direct against St. Johnson, who had uh, Jason Kerr, uh, Liam Gordon, and Jamie uh, McCart at the back? Like, they're three big guys, Martin Boyle and Kevin Nisbet. Neither of them are, you know what I mean? Nisbet, I think, uses what he has well in there and to hold things up and link the play. 
but it's not his strength. And obviously Martin Boyle's pretty useless in in there. Like what what where do you think that was just something that we had to do because of the pitch? And if so, why did Christian Deutsch not start? Because they would have seen the pitch before kickoff. I think the reason you go more direct is when you've run out of ideas and you're getting desperate. We we only really passed and moved once and Jonio got a shot off and that was the only time we really done it. Every other time we're lumping balls up and it just comes back to when you're playing against three big guys at the back and, and if that was the game planned and like you say, as bad as Dodge has maybe been in front of goal, that that's his type of game. You know, if you're going to lump the ball up to him and expect a battle, then play Dodge. Yeah. If, if, if that's not the game plan, then why are we doing that? So yeah. there, are, there are questions around around that. Um, the pitch, though, how long has Paul McGinn been playing in Scotland? Pitches in, in the winter are shit. And that's just it. Even Easter Road's a tatty field at the moment. It's nothing new. Grow up and play Sunday league football for even in the summer the pitches are horrific <laughs> so I, I think I think the, the pitch the pitch debate is is totally null and void I think it's a poor excuse that's the second time they said it this season uh, and I think both times have coincided with bad performances from him so maybe I think, it, you know, funny enough, I think they were both against St Johnson you know I'm sure they say that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Johnson, I mean the, the last time he scored a double <laughs> uh, so I don't know why he was complaining but Look, you know what the pitch is going to be like. You know when you get to the stadium what it's going to be like. You can see it. You can still play five, ten-yard passes, though. It, it, that shouldn't affect it, I think. But, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with lumping the ball up to the two smallest players in the park. It's just... Harry, what did, Harry, what did you make of the of the, the sort of way that Hibs played at the weekend in terms of the directness? And then, obviously, Christian Deutsch being on the bench. He did come on early in the second half, but... Did the, does that sort of show the value of Dodge, even when he hasn't scored? And it's something that we have spoke about a lot this season that he does the majority of the. And I think this is probably against Motherwell what he didn't do, which is why um, there was a massive clamour for him to be dropped. But nine times out of ten, he does stop the ball coming straight back to you, he holds it up, he could maybe gets other people into play. And do you find potentially the role that Christian Dodge had been playing in the team in our winning streak? Had been sort of under underappreciated potentially. Now that we see the team perform without him, because I do think we were better in the second half when he was on the pitch as well. The it's difficult because the thing is we were obviously better in the second half, but like were we better in the second half or did St Johnston just let us go at them? Because yeah. I think that they just sat a lot deeper and they were happy to sit deeper because they knew we weren't going to create anything. And um, so I don't think we necessarily played better in the same in the second half. I don't think they looked much different. Um, I think that Dodge, like he does bring a presence, and it's nice to have that up front. Like it is something different that teams aren't used to playing against. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just boring. Like that's that's the thing. Like we've talked about it quite a lot in like December, no, November, uh, January time. That the football is just dead boring in that, and then you like you wouldn't have anything to look forward to at the weekend because even if you were winning, it was just going to be a scrappy one 0 win. So you got a bit of a buzz for the goal, and apart for that, it was going to be crap. But that game at the weekend, it was just terrible to watch. Neither team played well. Because that's that's the thing. We didn't get beat by St. Johnston. We got beat because we gave away one stupid goal. They were crap. Yeah. Like, we didn't get beat by a good team. Like Even in the semi-final, they were crap. So that's twice in a row we've been beaten by a crap team. And it's just because we're not showing up and creating chances. Because like the thing is, 
it's stupid how people want us to create 10, 15 chances a game because you've got the opposition who are there to stop you creating 10, 15 chances a game. And they have got good defenders, whether we like to admit it or not. But we need to create at least three or four shots at goal. Because was it two shots we had on target, counting the Nisbet nudge towards yeah. keeping it there? Deutsch had a shot yeah. for 20 yards that, I mean, when Christian Deutsch feels like he has to shoot for 20 yards, and I think that right. tells you a lot. Um, exactly. Nisbet's squaffed volley, and I don't think. And then, that... like Greg, Greg mentioned it earlier, we had the Nisbet, like the best chance of the game we had was Neil's shot in the first half, and then like for I, th- I thought that was a really good chance. I don't understand how he's managed to put it wide. I don't know if he's just put too I much. Thought he should it. Josh Doig had a, a maybe Josh Doig's angle wasn't as good, but mm-hmm. he puts in a good pass, and Doig's running on it and can take a touch or mm-hmm. smack it wildly and. In a weird way, I'd be more confident Josh Doig scoring than Joe Newell. I don't know, I just get that impression. Like, Newell feathers shots, whereas at least I feel like Josh Doig strikes them. I think you've seen, you obviously, I know he had a couple of swingers where he's, where he's weak foot in the second half, but there's been a few occasions I see. I think I would, yeah, I would I would rather see Josh Doig having a shot than Joe Newell, and I don't know if that tells its own story, but it, it was frustrating. And just before we, we're going to look at sort of Hibs as a whole this season in terms of. Obviously, we've lost back-to-back games, but uh, and look at the sort of season as a whole and how we do chasing games as opposed to when we go in front and when we have a bad performance and what sort of trends we've noticed. But just before we go on to that, um, so did did we make five subs at the weekend? Four, maybe. Um, So did you agree with most of the subs that Jack Ross made? I was fairly happy with the players that came on. Um, I didn't see the point in Melka Halberg, and I was really, dis- really, really disappointed that Scott Allen didn't come on the park. Um, I don't understand why he's on the bench if he's not going to get game time when we're losing and when we're struggling to create. And I understand that he's obviously coming back from a, a, a big health scare and a big risk, and he's not played many games. But surely there's then the argument as well that like we said about Jack's nerve, and the only way for them to get up to speed is to get minutes here and there. And the way I'm looking at it as well is, see, the longer we go without bringing him off the bench, the longer it's going to be until he starts a game or is in mm. contention to start a game. Like, And he brought him on against St Johnston in the semi-final when we were 3-0 down. He gave him half an hour. And then has he, actually, has he actually played since? I can't... I think maybe one he came on um, against was it Hamilton? He came on for like ten minutes. Yeah, right. Come on last week. No, he didn't come on last week. No, he did. No, was it last week? He came on for ten minutes in one of the games. No, I think he did come on last week. Actually, to be fair, um, but yeah, that was the one. Like, I just don't understand why Scott Allen didn't come on. And I mean, I was happy with the players that came on, but I wasn't necessarily happy with the players that went off. I didn't understand the logic behind taking Chris Cadden off for Christian Doidge and moving Martin Boyle out wide, you've brought on Christian Dodge and taken off the only player that looks semi-competent at crossing the ball. I don't understand why we put Martin Boyle out wide anymore. Folk just double up on him and it takes him at the game. And then that's two weeks in a row he's done it. I don't know what he, what he expects to gain. We made we made three subs at the weekend. Was it just three? I mean, yeah. So, Dodge came on. In the 54th minute, Murphy in the 73rd and Halberg in the 79th. Uh, you look at that bench and there's one one name that screams out and that's Scott Allen. You're looking for a bit of creativity. We couldn't break St. Johnson down. If there's one man that can pick a pass that nobody else can see, it it's Scott Allen. 
Like, it isn't Belka Halberg. It's Bikinta Slivka. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, I know Harry aren't the biggest fans of Halberg or haven't, but and 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 Greg, you sort of have been. But yeah. I think Halberg serves a purpose. You know what I mean? Like I think he can. Like if Newell's injured or Irvin's injured, like no, but I think the odd game here or there, like he can come in, but he's not a creative midfielder. I don't understand. Nah, like if you're ten minutes, you've got ten minutes to go to find a goal. I don't understand what Melker Halberg adds to that situation. Well, he got Jack Ross booked, didn't he? <laughs> but by not being able to play a five-yard pass to feet, which is honestly it winds me up no end. No end. A five-yard pass into feet. Cannot stand it. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Harry, just before that'll be the sort of final thing. So. I think probably the majority of us were fairly happy with the team before before kickoff. I think yeah. uh, after the Motherwell game, I think if someone had said to you, uh, Doig would be back in, and then McGregor, Murphy, uh, and Doig would be dropped, and and uh, and um, the, the the three players that came in for them would be would be the players that came in. I think everyone would, would have accepted that. Do you think Jack Ross got his subs correct? Wrong? What like? How do you think? One, one thing for me, off the top of your head, who was left wing for St Johnston? Off, then you look at it. Off the top of your head, who? Uh, left wing would have exactly. Then he came. Was it not? Michael Tico? Would it have been Wotherspoon or Halloran? Yeah, I, I think exactly. it was. No, Halloran was right to try and then stop. Wotherspoon and O'Halloran were the white men. I'm sure. Right. But why not drop what you call? Why not drop Cadden back? So then you've got if you're going to put Boyle wide, take off him again, drop Cadden back, and then you've got two pacey guys in the wing. It means they kind of double up on Boyle, and it means that you've still got two players that can put in a decent cross for Deutsch. Like obviously you do lose a bit of defensive um, composure and stuff taking McGinn off, but I just I don't think that uh, Ross just seems too timid to actually chase a game properly. Like he just kind of putty foots after it. He never goes for it. Like sometimes you just need to throw the barrel at it. Just just go for it. Just take off your defensive players and put offensive players on. Like, I wouldn't have minded seeing Murphy come on earlier. Like, I love Gogic, and I don't think Gogic had a particularly great game or bad game. I think he was just kind of probably about a 5 out of 10, which was about the peak for the team at the weekend. But I don't understand why he stayed on the pitch. Even when you brought Halberg on, bring him on for Gogic, there was no need to keep Gogic on the pitch there. He, he literally wasn't bringing anything to the second half. It, it, just the game didn't suit him, so why keep him on? I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, I mean, to finish, you're chasing a game and to have a midfield to a Halberg and Gogic, it's a bit, mm-hmm. it's a bit, it's a bit empty. I mean, so well, it's defensive. It's just we kept the one and he is a shite bag, so we'll leave it there. So before, uh, before you, coming you, on to my point, you mentioned there about. Uh, the inability to chase a game. So, like I met, we mentioned earlier, we've had. I, I don't think Hibs aren't a possession. We aren't a possession-based team. But in the last two games, we've had over sixty percent possession. And I think. I don't we, know what to do with. Um, we're, we're not. We're, we're not designed to have lots of the ball. You see the the Dundee United away game. If the way Hibs played in that game, it felt like we were always in total control of it. But we're forty percent possession. Yeah, like Hibs. We. I think we're designed to play on the counter attack. No, to make a comparison, 
see like how, like how Man U tend to do pretty well like they beat City at the weekend but then they drew mm-hmm. with Palace during the week I think the way Hibs plays fairly similar to Manchester United that as soon as teams give up the ball to us we, we're like what the fuck do we do like for we, me this is this is going to be quite a bold shout perhaps but this is why we are miles better away from home because we allow the home team to come on to us yep and and then we can pick them off. But see, at home, we've not got a clue what to do. We we look lost some of the time, like a rabbit in the headlights, because we've got time on the ball. Teams will come and sit in Easter Road, and we don't know how to break them down. We seem devoid of ideas at times when, when teams give us time. For me, at the weekend, just take Gogic off and, and put Allen on. Yeah. You know, Dre Wright is there. Dre Wright isn't the answer, Right. But why not just why not just bring them on for a bit of pace? I, I don't know. Just do something. Just change yeah, it up a bit. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm I'm not expecting them to go out and be like, oh, we've lost a goal after 18 minutes or whatever. 25 minutes we're making five changes. But what I'm expecting is a bit of a reaction when the changes are made. And he and he waited nearly 20 minutes between bringing bringing Dodge on and then bringing Murphy on, which. You know, why not just bring them on sooner? You're chasing the game. Just, I would much rather we threw the kitchen sink at it and got hit on the counter than let the game fizzle out to nothing, yeah. personally. Sorry, I know that you, I know you've got a few bits and pieces that you want to go over in terms of when we're, when we're, when we do fall behind in games and, and how we perform. And I think it's, it's an interesting comparison between how we do when we do go in front. And obviously, last season, the big thing with Hibs was, and I think even this thing, people, season people have accused Hibs of not being able to manage games and last season was it 25 points we dropped from winning positions last season and I, I don't think it was 25 yeah. I think it was if you include the cup games that we ended up winning an extra time or something it would have been yeah. like but yeah so this season we've in the league only dropped six points from winning positions uh, two of them were the were Rangers and Celtic at home and then the Dundee United game at home so I think when you look back on a season, a draw at home at Celtic and a draw at home at Rangers is, is, isn't the end of the world. And so really, you're looking at one game where you're actually like, fuck, we've let three points slip through our fingers there. Obviously, at the time, I mean, the Rangers point was a good point. We went, went up. It was one of the games where we managed to come from behind and, and actually get a point as well. But like, whereas when you look at when we concede a goal, Harry, I'm going to pass this over to you to sort of talk about this, but we seem to have a complete inability to chase a game and come from behind and why do you think that is? And sorry, I know you've got a, a stat that you're burning to get out there. I know that the stat, like, I just I got you can when you're moody after a Hibs game and you look at things to make your mood even worse for some reason as opposed to making yourself feel better. Um, and then I was like, I, I couldn't think off the top of my head when the last time we scored was when we get we got beat, and we've not done it this season. Like, we've literally we've had nine defeats in the league, and in those nine games, we've not scored a single goal. And then if you include the, what do you call it, cup game against St. Johnston, that's 10 games in 90 minutes. Well, it's good the one against Hearts because that was after extra time. So, um, I, uh, if, uh, including St. Johnston, 10 games, that's 900 minutes without a goal. Like, that's just bonkers if you put it in that perspective. Obviously, it's not in a row, so it's not as yeah, bad as that. But um, still, that's absolutely crazy. Um, I think it just shows a lack of leadership and a lack of fight because, like... Uh, most of those games have been relatively tight. Like we've hardly been battered at all. The worst defeat this season was Celtic and St Johnston, both three 0 And apart from that, I don't think we've lost by more than 
uh, two goals. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so, mate. No, I think it's aye. So it's just, I, th- I think it's just been too timid. It's never turning up to like go all out attack. Like we've scored a few goals this season in some games. Like we scored four goals a couple of times and we scored three goals a few times, and we've looked really good in some games. But it's just like as soon as someone pops the bubble, it's just gone, and there's no way of getting that bubble back. It's just depressing because especially if you're watching an away game and then you forked out like your 15 quid or 17 pound 50 St. Johnston, your bunch of gimps. Um, okay, well, we've, got to, we've got Livy after Ross County and Livy's 20 quid. Jesus. But um, I can't wait for us not to score there. Absolutely <laughs> buzzing for it. But you can see that after 15 minutes and you can for a fact you're not coming back because the players just didn't have it in them. It's just gutting. Uh, I th- like it's for me. It's def- It's a character thing. Like it's nothing to do with the player's ability. It's all about character, not being able to bounce back in those situations. And that's the thing that's the most disappointing for me because we've got we've got a few legends in the team that have been there for years, and then we've got a few up and comers in that, that. Like the only person that looks like they've got any fight, even though it's sometimes an effectual, aka shooting on your weak foot four times a game. Um, at least Doig tries when we go behind. But apart from that, there's just no desire to actually get back in the game. When when they're on top, they look happy, but when they're behind, they don't look gutted. They just kind of, like, it's like they're waiting for the game to end. Do you find, for me, I think, like, so there's two things here for me. St. Johnson game at the start of the season, Jack Ross said that he needed to big the players up. So I think there's a, a, a self a self-belief, self-confidence issue. I don't think they believe that they can get back into games when they go behind. And the other thing is, and I think, I guess it's difficult, and again, if you take it to a sort of higher level of football, you see, remember like when Brendan Rodgers was at Celtic, that he just went to Europe and got absolutely battered every time they were in Europe because they just tried to outpass Barcelona. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Hibs just have to play at that controlling the game tempo and that's all we've got to our sort of string now is like we I actually think we're quite good at managing games but when we go behind we can't then flick the switch to go right now we need to actually it's like we're constantly playing in third gear and obviously in periods of the season we have seen us hit fourth and fifth gear like Aberdeen at home Livingston away at the start of the season like you know even like, Motherwell away in that second yeah. half we, we cruised it Here's a question for you. Was that game at the weekend that different to Kelly away? But, obviously, we won that game 1-0. Obviously, I think we probably created a few more chances, don't get me wrong. But in terms of style, performance, pace of play, you know what I mean? Like I feel like Hibs are just very much... We play at a tempo where we want to control the game, but when we don't score first, we're fucked. I don't Greg, what what do you what do you think it's coming down to? So just just a wee start here, Hibs have gained three points from losing positions this season, which to me isn't good enough if you look at the amount of games we've played. Played thirty one games, you've had three points from losing positions. For for me, it signifies a couple of things. And I, I don't want to keep keep on this rhetoric of being negative, but Sometimes when you're down like this, you, you look over your manager for a wee bit, you know, a wee bit, of, wee bit of dig, a wee bit of inspiration. You know, we're just very one-dimensional in, at times. Whereas with we've got one idea, one game plan. There's no plan B. 
one game plan, when that goes out the window, it's like, oh, what do we do now? Yeah. And I think you, you nailed it at the weekend, and as soon as they scored, you said game over, and absolutely spot on. And, and it makes and it makes a difference coming for you because you're usually quite a happy clapper, positive character. Usually it'd be me that would be say that, but um, you were right though. It was game over because we do nothing to get back in the game. We effectively got about what a pound a minute of football because seventeen they scored in like the sixteenth minute and then left should have just fucking went right, lads, off you go. Just like, just before we move on to the Ross County game. Um, an interesting thing, we were, I think all three of us have sort of looked at it. Our bad performances just now, ten all season, have sort of come back to back. And then we sort of then, like, at the start of the season, we went on a good run. And then we lost to Aberdeen eh, just after drawing my mother well at home. And like we lost the League Cup semi final, then we lost to Rangers. We obviously had the three game spell at Christmas. Now we've got this two game spell. A lot of our, I think, the, off the top of my head, the only defeat that we've suffered this season that we haven't, sorry followed up with another shite performance was the Celtic away game. And even then, you actually, I think everyone was sort of saying we've done okay. Why do you think it is that we sort of, it's weird because I'm looking at it and had, like, we've won 15 out of 31 games. I think that's pretty consistent, but we seem to be quite streaky. Why, why do you think that is, Harry? It's because the players like us to be controversial, so we can put polls out saying, Ross out question mark. <laughs> because when it comes in one defeat, you're not going to want the manager out. But as soon as we get two defeats in a row, Greg's got his duvet out the window that's got Ross out written on it. So they are giving us content. So we should be thanking them. We're getting third, but we're doing it with bumps along the way. So this podcast stays interesting. So <laughs> how are thinking about down this slope? What a team. To, it's time to go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, right. <laughs> I don't want to be controversial, but maybe maybe it is maybe it is time to pull the duty back in if he as long as he gets sacked. Uh, I, to be honest, I think I've said it. I've said it numerous times. You've also said that he is still a young manager. He is learning, but Jesus God, we are boring some weeks. Like I bleed and boring. And yeah. and it's grim. There's not been many performances this season where you thought. There's. I tell you what. There's been first halves that have been boring, like Motherwell away, murder. Celtic at home was murder. We were scared to go to our own half against Celtic at home. I don't think there's like, been many performances this season that you would probably say were like an eight out of ten. I feel like we've played really, really well, or it's been quite stale. Um, there's no in between. Hamilton away was unbelievable. I was blown away by us at Hamilton away. <laughs> and even the, and the second half of the week before, see see those three 45 minutes in a row, we were unbelievable. And it was back to shite again. It's just, we're a, we are a boring team at times. And boring is a term that Ewan thinks has come this season. And that's probably the reason for it, because I, I've never we heard, actually are boring. I've never heard football analysis of just this is boring <laughs> like and I don't know like and, and I've never heard it before and I was like this is just fucking grew arms and legs for Hibs fans this season like bored bored and I, 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 I do you know what I genuinely think it is and Harry said it throughout the season as well it's not don't get me wrong I don't think some of the boring. 
I know, but hear me out. I don't think some of the performances would have been tolerated at home if if fans were there. But it's boring because football's boring now because you're not there. And I think when games aren't when games aren't when you watch a game on the telly, it takes a hell of a lot more to get your attention. And this is like we've all sat through shite games of football and been there, but with well, hips this season. No, but holy Christ, it's worse to sit in at the house and watch it and your attention goes away. And I think like I don't think this boring tag would be attached to the club if we were actually at at the games as much. What's your thoughts on that, Harry? Yeah, that's actually a cracking point. Because see what I'm thinking when you said that. Can when um uh, Dundee United away when we were on that mad run at the start of the season. See when Deutsch smacked that shot in. That would have been absolute carnage because that was in front of the way the away fans would have yeah. been. And then the rest of the game, we would have been shiting ourselves. And then the other good chance at the end that we saved. How class would that have been if we were actually at the games? And that was a terrible game of football. But Ewan's right. Like I, I think that's true because even like if you watch the Premier League in that instead, like down south, it's dead boring without the fans being there. Like I think the atmosphere is such a massive thing in football. That's the reason why it's such like if you look at the Rangers fans and their celebrations and that, football fans can't be trusted because they've just got this ridiculous level of pride and attachment to our clubs that we just can't separate from them. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's true. I think the reason that it's boring is that we're no there. I don't think that if we were there, we'd find it... Well, we might find it a bit boring at times, but I don't think we'd yeah. find it as boring. Right, so, moving into the Ross County game. Harry, uh, we're obviously looking to bounce back for back-to-back defeats this season. and um, this, is, this is the thing, like, we have been pretty good at bouncing back from sort of... So I said last week we've been decent at bouncing back, but what I forgot to think was, actually, it needs to be two shite performances on the row before we bounce back. And across this season, and even, I think Greg mentioned it, even with, uh, between sort of the Rangers games last season and this season, Jack Ross tends to learn from his mistakes. Um, and I think maybe the weekend was maybe the first time he hadn't, because that game was fairly similar to the semi-final in terms of it was almost the same eleven. Do you expect Hibs to, to bounce back well win this 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 weekend? And um, something that I'm really keen to get your opinion on is when during our win, winning run, you said, how on earth can the opposition know what team we're going to play when we can't figure out what formation we're playing anyway? Do you think teams have potentially just sussed out this formation and is it time to change it up, even to revert back to something that was working early in the season? Um, not the biggest fan of 4 4 but 4 4 got us some incredibly good results before Christmas. Is that like, is that an option, or what needs to change for us to get a result of the weekend? Well, I, I think that we already changed it because, as we touched on earlier, we we didn't play the same formation because when you came in, it was a different, it was a completely different system because Gogic was playing as um, the defensive midfielder when he was playing in the system, and then you had the two wide men that could come in narrow and stuff when they needed to. But when you put Newell in the team, you've got, especially when it was Newell and Irvin. You had two creative players in the middle and nobody to do the legwork at the back, and that's yeah, why it fell still, apart so quickly. I thought that was still the same system, really, sort of the 3 4 3. And then it. And, like, what formation it was, was it? Like was it 3 5 2? Or was it like 4 3 3? It was 3 5 boring. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but the thing is, for me, I think that the roles that players play is massive because I think that if you took um, yeah. Irvin at the system for new, or if you took or you kept Irvin in instead of Newell. But I think taking um, Gogic out of it just changes the system completely. Um, and I think that... I, I just think we need to go back to what works. I think we need to have a midfield two of um, Gogic plus one other. 
Um, I don't mind if it's New or Irvin. If he wants to mix it up, then go for it. Um, I want to see Murphy back in the team. I think that when he when he's on form, he's um, one of our best players, if not our best player. Um, I think his peak's really high, so if he can get a good performance, then we'll be laughing. Um, I don't like playing against Ross County, and I'm not looking forward to the game. I don't think that we... I think we've got a pretty bad record against them, especially up in Dingwall. Um, we broke that a few years ago. Mind Terry Butcher is like two of his three wins at Hibs came against Dingwall, uh, came against Ross County at Dingwall, and that's the only times we'd won there at that point. I think, um, I, um, I, think I remember under Lennon, potentially the last game before the split, I think Paul Hanlon scored and maybe Ollie Shaw. Aye, maybe. Yeah. Nah, Ollie, Ollie Shaw equalised in the last minute. That was a draw. That was a yeah. good game. And Paul Hanlon scored in the last minute one time as well, I'm sure. Aye. Aye. Paul Hanlon definitely but, um, scored in the game that was... I think maybe it was actually just a 1-0 win and it was like the last game before the split and Shaw scored up there as well, I remember that, I think. I know, but um, that's that's like, the problem for me is after that perform, after the last two performances, I don't know what Hibs' strongest team is. I don't think Jack Ross does either and I think that's a problem. I think that he needs to stop trying to fit the best players in the team and just try and fit the best system, fit the players into the best system. Do you not think we've been in this situation quite a few times this season and then we have got the result and went on runs on the back of it? I would say that after the sort of the, the Christmas and New Year period, we, we probably felt the same. Uh, probably after the St. Johnston and Rangers games, we felt the same. And then we went on the win and run. Like, do you think we've beat this is what I was sort of meaning? Do you feel like, do you have the confidence in Jack Ross to learn from the mistakes and find the system to win and to get us back on a win and run? I'll let Greg take it away. He seems very animated. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's in, uh, Ross County scored more goals in two minutes than we've done the last two weeks at the weekend. <laughs> and are, are you telling me that Jack Ross is going to stand in a change room before the game and get his players up for a game more than John Hughes will? This is John Hughes' bread and butter, get, getting getting his players up for, for games like this. I don't think I've no, I think I think we need a reaction. He needs to though. Let's be honest. It's you're saying. Oh, get, of course get, he does. Fucking Ross County away. It's not like we're going to. It's not like we're going to find Castle. The play that should. No, come but we still need to get the get the players up. You've literally just said that there might be an issue with the players not having belief in themselves or or not being able to. So we not having even confidence in their own ability. Of course, we need to get them up for the game. It's a massive game. Aberdeen are shit. And they're only three points behind us. But are they shit? This is this is are this is shit? huge. Yeah, it's a big yes. game. Are they are like this be okay, they're on bad form, but this is such like we weren't saying Aberdeen were shit when they were four points clear as we a game in hand. Like I'm sorry, it's just fucking bullshit. Like Aberdeen or oh, Aberdeen are on bad form, yeah, but and they say that Jack Ross can't get a team up so then how have we got such a good away record? How did we win four in the spin? You made the point earlier about the fact that there's maybe a lack of belief in the team or, you know, he, he said he had to get them up. Yeah, there might be a lack of belief. Okay, so let's say there is a lack of belief in the team. Then how mm. have we won pretty much 50% of our games this season and got a great away record? You said at the start of the season that he needed to get get them up for the game. Yeah, I know. I said that. And so I'm so saying, maybe, saying, maybe we need to do that again because the last two weeks we don't want to be up for it. Okay, two weeks across the full season. As I'm saying to you. But how many times has that happened? Well, that we've just looked void of ideas or confidence or anything? Right, and we've won 50% of our games this season. Mm-hmm. So but again, we're hearing, we're hearing another lull. 
So we need to get them back up for it. Jock Horror, Hibs go through lull. This is what, like, you're, you're it's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that we're in a lull and we obviously have to do something to get ourselves out of it. And so I'm, either and I'm, it up. I'm asking, why do you think the manager can't do that when nothing suggests that he can't? We look at two semi-finals this season where we looked doesn't look like we've been up for either. I mean, have, we, have we got an issue getting up for games? Well, again, no. Like maybe we do. But would you say that we in okay, stages? But then you said on the back of the St Johnson game that we battered them and then they scored, so we were clearly up for it. We just didn't capitalise on our chances. The Hearts game the same. But then after that, after that, what happened? But then how's that his fault? You're talking about getting them up, them up for surely yeah, that half time. He's got half time to get them back up for it, and he comes. We come at the second half and like beaten. Every every time we go a goal behind, we look beaten. So something needs to change. We need to get up for something. We we can't just keep going goals behind and be like, oh, that's it. That's we're game over of, after 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that's not right, but we're sitting third in the league. Mm-hmm. We've not finished third in the league since 2005. And, okay, so are we third in the league because we're the, third best the quality in the league's different? We're, or are we or are we third in the league because we we're a good team and we're third in the league because we're the third best team in the country. Yeah. That's why. That's as simple as that. Whether Hibs fans, not... can I just say, Hibs fans hate Hibs so much. Even when we're doing well, we'll make excuses to say that we're doing crap. No, but listen, listen, listen. Say what do you call it? Roger Federer wins a Grand Slam and he's only beaten players that are in the top hundred in the world. He still won a Grand Slam regardless of who he's playing. If some, if you can prove mathematically that this is the worst league of all time and Hibs have just waltzed it because every other team in the league's crap, then fair enough. But we still done it. It's still our year. I'd rather be the worst third place team in the history of Scottish football than the best fifth place team in the history of Scottish football. I don't understand this whole Hibs are crap even though we're third. Like, we're third on merit. Like, even though we've not played well in a lot of games we've played this season, we've still got results where we wouldn't have in previous seasons and that's the reason why we are up where we are. Because if we had the same, if we had Hecke and we were playing the same way we were playing last year, we'd be down at eighth in the league dreaming of finishing third. Like, if at the start of the season someone said to you, we'd get to a League Cup semi-final and we'd be third in the league in March, you would have bitten their hand off. Like, I, I can, it's frustrating in that and we do lose some big games but so does every team I don't understand this whole like uh, when we lost the semi-final I was quite in the Roth out camp but I, I feel stupid being in that camp because I think that we're starting a process here and I think that we just need to trust the process and actually let the team form sorry for interrupting both your rants but I wanted to give my two cents no. in there because it's been bothering me no, for a while do, do, do you think there's an issue with us being up for games? No I, 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 don't I don't think. I don't, that... think, I don't think we go into games not up for them. I just think, I think the players. I think we struggle as a collective to come. But I don't think it's to being up for games. We're like I don't. I didn't look. Were we not up for the game of the weekend? Now we just didn't create anything. It's not like St. Johnson ran all over us. It's not like we've lost a midfield battle. We we dominated the game. We just didn't do anything with it. That's not being up for it. It's lacking quality. We've lacked quality at times. More about last week. I don't think we looked up for that either. We looked very. I just thought we got beat by a, the team that were better than us. On we just we just looked very lackluster, and it's happened a few times. And that's where the, my point is coming from. That <laughs> what I'm asking is, if how can there be an issue? So here's a question for you, and I know that we're no Neil Lennon's biggest fans in this, but you're saying John Hughes gets his teams up for games, so I think you would say that 
Neil Lennon got hips up for I'm not saying I'm not saying he gets his teams up for games, but what I'm saying is that so Neil Lennon we would say that Neil Lennon Neil Lennon would scream and shout and you're saying Jack Ross doesn't know conspiring at the side of the touchline, he can't get players up for games. Neil Lennon in our best ever season in the top flight average had a forty seven percent win ratio. Hibs have won forty eight percent of their games this season. So like seriously, like Instead of just giving, try and back it up. And if you try and back it up, there's no, there's no way you can, unfortunately. Like, okay, we've lost two games in a row. Big fucking deal. Like, it's no great. And yeah, could the season, could we be a lot clearer in Fudge? Yeah, we could. But this argument of, oh, the league's shite. The league isn't shite. Are Aberdeen having their best season? No, they're not having their best season. But Aberdeen have finished fourth the last two seasons. So they're exactly where they, sh- they have been the last uh, last two or three years. Can we not just accept that we've had a, we're in a little bit of a bad form? But why could, like, to say, oh, we're not up for games, I think that's bullshit. Like, no, nobody wants to lose. You know that as well as anyone. You play Sunday League football like it's a fucking Champions League final. Nobody wants to lose, but at the same time, you look at you look at the way we lose. That that's where that's where the issue's coming from. We we don't we don't put up a fight. We, we've spoke about it already tonight that we've had three points for losing positions. We've we've not scored in games we've lost. So what is the issue? Is it that is it that we're not up for the game or when we go when we go a goal down we totally shot our confidence? I just think it's that the there must be something that we go a goal down and cannot even score. Every game we've lost this season, we've not scored. Why is that? I don't think it's not been up for the game. I just, I don't think, because I just, it doesn't stand up for me. It doesn't, it doesn't, because how, it's like, oh, we're running up for the game, but then what about all the games that we won? How, otherwise, if we weren't up for the games, we'd just get, we'd lose every week. There's I'm a- purely making a point on based on the observations I've had this season that, it does seem like sometimes we aren't up for the game. All right. Well, I would like to interrupt quickly and say that we have been going around in circles for about five minutes. So why don't we assume that both of you are wrong and we'll let Twitter decide. So there will be a poll coming up in the coming days after we have put this podcast live and you can decide whether Hibs have got a problem with getting up for the games or whether Pibs are just lacking quality in games. We will word the poll a bit better than that. But as opposed to going back and forth for the next 20 minutes of the pod, I think we should move on to the Ross County game from Greg and Ewan's perspective. Greg, what do you want to see team-wise? A change. I would, li- I would like, uh, to be honest, I think it's the same as last week. You know, you could, you could easily change three, four, five players in that team. You know, I think, I think, Arvin needs that. I think Arvin needs to come out of the team. He's he's not looking. He's not he's not adding anything at the moment. Possibly, possibly Newell as well. I'd maybe stick Boyle, Doy, Janders, but up front, you know, just try something different. Um, I honestly don't know. Just just try something different and. If they want someone to shout at them before the game, I'll happily offer my services. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, but so, tell me what your team is. You've just so you're taking. Uh, my my team team would be. Tell us. I'd probably go. I'd, I'd, probably, go four, I'd probably go a four-three-three. Three. Um, Marciano. I'd have 
Caden right back, Porteous, Hanlon, Doig, um, midfield three. Well, I'm just said I'm going to drop him, so I can't. I can't use the two. They two, but I'm I'll say. Something that Kyle McGinnis is the guy that got COVID that is still floating. Yeah. Can, When's he back then? If he, I don't know. Fourteen days would have been up, but I don't know. Like, Maybe he's got long COVID. Um, been in the squad the last two, so he might, he might be. Sure, I'll, I'll actually chuck Halberg and Allen in with Gogic. I actually don't care at this point. Maybe I'll tell you, what, I'll have a, have a midfield three off of Gogic, Murphy, and Allen. There we go, and we'll just play on the front foot like we should. And then we'll have we'll have Nisbet, Boyle, and Doidge up front. Just 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 do something, Hibs. Just can I just give a wee anecdote there? There was a FIFA, I think it was FIFA 16 it might have been, but it was when Argentina had one of the worst defences in the game, but I would go them and I'd put about seven attackers on, I'd have like Aguero at right back in that. It's like a team that Greg's just put on, just every attacker option we've got on the field. Whether why not? We we're not creating them, so why not just get the attacking players on? Uh, we've only lose, we'll lose 10 weeks, but we'll do it with fun. We've created none in two weeks, so not true. What 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 is the point in just playing defensive players anymore? I don't but then you wouldn't say that Joe Newell and Jackson Irvin are defensive players. Don't get me wrong. Joe Joe Newell has this tendency to sit so far back, whereas Gogic where it gets to the point where Gogic is the more more advanced. I mean I and and Irvin just Irvin just drifts. For me, for me, I would go back to what's worked at the start of the season. I would just go four four two. Newell and Gogic or Irvin and Gogic, whoever they fancy, because mm-hmm. Irvin and Gogic obviously played as a two um, during the winning run. Mm-hmm. McGinn with Boyle in front of him, Doig with Murphy in front of him, Nisbet and Doidge. I think we've looked at our most potent this season with two up front. Um, whether that Are be... you dropping Cadden? No. Yeah. For, for, I'm, I'm dropping McGinn personally because he's... Like Ross County, I think you've got to pay them some respect as well. You know what I mean? Like I think they've obviously put three past Kelly at the weekend. Like not that Kelly had any great shakes, but <laughs> you can't eat. Like you can't. Eat. <laughs> I but to be fair, Kyle Lafferty scored twice against them. So like, I don't think we should. Like I think they're still. I, I would revert back to something that's worked previously in the season, and I wouldn't just revert back to the sort of three four three that was working because I do think teams have sussed that a wee bit. Uh, you see my mother well. It's it's an interesting one. I, I don't know. Um, I just want to, I want Hibs to get back to a little bit of pace and directness about them. And I think this is a game that will suit us. Um, we played well in Dingwall uh, back in October, um, and really could have been out of sight inside twenty minutes. Uh, and I would file that as under unlucky that day. You know what I mean? Like that for me, yeah. like, like that was just a, like McGinnis rattled the crossbar for like thirty yards, like. Um, for me, I just want to see a little bit more direct and directness in terms of our running ability and the quickness that we have on the ball. And it's, I would love to see Scott Allen play, but this it's not happening. He's he's not going to go for no getting on the park to starting. I don't know. I, I don't think. And I just told you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see attack, attack, attack. That's, that's, I know that's not going to happen because. He'll like to sit in and, and soak up the pressure and hit them on the hit them on the counter because that that is his style. Isn't it Hibs style though? When you look at the players that we've got, 
I mean, I like. We can of... make it work. Absolutely, you've got pace in the wings. You, you can make it work. For me, it's not it's not the preferred style, but he's he's look he's looking at Boyle on the wing or Cadden on the wing, and he's thinking, well, we can soak Cadden, up the pressure Cadden, and hit them. If Cadden and Boyle both played on the right hand side, would not just get in, in each other's way. Well, to be honest, Boyle, Boyle should be nowhere, nowhere near so the right side of the midfield. Just a striker. Not a chance. Jenkins just a striker. Yeah. Up front, keep him there because he, he, can, he can be fluid. If you've got the players in behind him to pick out the passes, he can be a bit more fluid like he was against Aberdeen and he's more, much more of a threat because you're not going to have two centre-halves marking him and if you are, then that frees up your other striker. So for me, he should be nowhere near out wide and on the right side of midfield. I feel like I've spoke so much tonight. Senior four three three. did you know have him playing right wing? No. It's <laughs> a tight three up front. Whereas with Doidge, Doidge is the focal point and you've got the other two running off him. I think for me, I definitely want to see Doidge and this bit up front together. And if it is in a three five two, then I wouldn't play Boyle wing back. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It annoyed me at the weekend taking Cadden off for for for. for I, I, I didn't understand that at yeah, all. I thought it was like, a poor decision. But, Harry, what do you want to see for Hibs uh, team selection wise and performance wise, and what 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 do we need to do to get back on back on winning on the winning trail this weekend? Well, I, I don't know, Kenny, because um, like it's hard, isn't it? Because the thing is, with Jack Cross, when things are going bad, he tr- he likes to make maybe like one or two changes. He doesn't like to make like full swing changes. Not that. But we're at the stage of the season, though, when we were in our good phase, we were saying how many, how much depth we had. So why not try and actually use that now? Yeah. Um, I think that Porches and Hanlon actually looked comfortable together for the first time yeah. since December last week, which was refreshing. And for me, I like to think of McGregor. He's, he'd been brilliant when he stepped up after the one game against Motherwell. But I think he's an emergency backup. I don't think he should be playing if uh, Hanlon and Porches are looking good. So I'd definitely keep the back four the same, potentially um, put Cadden on. But midfield forward see one thing I wanted to discuss this week is actually I think that if Nisbet had just kept his head down I think that um, Nisbet could have very easily became like not a long term but a short term Hibs legend I don't think yeah. it's very hard to become a Hibs legend in the current fans eyes like to me Jason Cummings <laughs> we'll, take is a legend. we'll take Eddie's right I honestly we're, we're just claiming it but I think like, every fan base does I think every fan base craves a hero but the thing is with this bit, if he'd literally kept his head down and kept playing the way he did at the start of the season, he would have easily got 20 goals, maybe even pushed 25 goals this season in all competitions. And he definitely could have done it. But when he plays at the moment, he just doesn't look inspired at all. And it's just so disappointing. I don't understand why he's just not got the effort in the heart. Like there was a couple moments when he was chasing down balls and he actually looked up for it again. And it was amazing. But he just doesn't look like he's got it anymore. He just he doesn't look like he wants to be here. And I think that it's going to hinder him and it's going to hinder Hibs. I think if he was firing on all cylinders, I think that Hibs would be walking into third place, but we're not. What, did you, make of, what did you make of his performance at the weekend? I thought he was okay, the same way that a lot of people were okay. Like, <laughs> there were situations in the first half where I think he, he got the ball down the channel, tried to nip inside the boy. And Do you think it's a hard game to judge Kevin Nisbet because you're probably going to get a better judge of his attitude, if you like, in a game where Hibs are playing well? Ken, well, I think he reminds me of that. James Collins that played for Hibs, I thought he had, like, not at the start of the season, obviously, but he was, um, what do you call it, 
for Hibs, he showed flashes of when he could actually be a good footballer uh-huh. and he was crap for the most part. And then he went down south and he was absolutely brilliant for Luton. And I think that if he goes down south, I think that he's going to be a brilliant player for whoever he signs for. Um, but I wish that he would just put the effort in for Hibs because if he did put that effort in, I don't think that we'd have, be having any problems at the moment. I think that him and Doidge would still be up top. I, I don't know what Boyle situation would be. Um, but yeah, I, I miss Kevin Nisbet. It feels like we've lost him, even though he's still playing for the club. I hope that he scores on Saturday and shuts me up. But he just, yeah. for me, I don't see how he stays in the team if he keeps playing with the half-hearted spirit that he's got. I would, I, would, I think, I would like to see him and Doidge rekindle their partnership up front, and I think it'd be really harsh to drop Boyle. Um, obviously, he's had two games where he's not been as busy in terms of the last two, but obviously the form he's been in recently, but. I agree with Greg. I think you need to look at him as a striker first and foremost just now. And then, because I think Cadden's a better option at right wing back. Um, and I know I've said that I would like to see maybe 4 4 2, but I don't think we'll go back to 4 4 2 this season. I think we will stay with three at the back and then an element of 3 4 3 or 3 5 2 or whatever the sort of attacking options dictate. But, Greg, Kevin Nisbet, where, where do you stand on it? I think it's difficult, especially against St Johnston at the weekend. It was probably not the best game to judge him on. I think you'll find that when Hibs when Hibs are playing better football and can get the ball down into his feet or when he picks up the, the pockets of space in between midfield and defence, that's when you see him at his best. Um Putting the ball up to him against three big centre halves isn't the answer, and he's not going to get. You're not going to get the best out of him at that point, you know. So it's frustrating for him. It might seem like he's not bothering. I don't think that's the case. I just think that he's finding it very difficult. So possibly coming a bit more demoralised. But if you have him up front with Doyle, they had a good partnership. Doyle does a dirty work, and but scores the goals, and that's how it was all season until until Birmingham came in from me through his toys at the pram. Um, but yeah, I just just a quick question on on Doig and, and kind of young players. So do you think do you think Doig kept going at the weekend because he's young because he's got that hunger that desire to to um, to impress? Do you, do you think that's why that's why he impressed more because he doesn't really let anything anything get him down. He's still young, so he's he's very raw. I don't know. I don't know what you think or think of that. I think like he's just a good player. Mm. Like, like I don't. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think anyone threw the towel in at the weekend. I just think it was really yeah. and a bit blunt. But do you think he's happy to take more responsibility because because he maybe is younger and he isn't afraid to make a mistake? I think he just enjoys playing football. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a kid. Mm-hmm. What, is he eighteen? Like he just 18, just wants to play football, take the most of the yeah. opportunities being given. And mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, he's loving. He's living the life, and I think if someone said to him a year ago, "You'll have signed a new four-year deal at Hibs, be first choice left back," and yeah. he's a really direct player, so I think I think I think that's the I think you would probably offset it with that is that his style of play will always impress fans because he likes to get on the ball and run at people. So I think yeah. that probably goes in his favour in terms of him standing out as opposed to say a sitting midfielder like a Joe Neal. Mm-hmm. If Joe Neal misses misplaces. A couple of passes, people mm-hmm. remember that. But if Josh Doig maybe sprints at a fullback and loses the ball, you maybe don't remember that so much, or you admire it because you think, oh well, at least he's trying to get forward. I don't know, Harry. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? 
Um, I think that I, I I think he's been brilliant this season. I think he's been a very good player, but I think he benefits massively from the fact he is young. I think that when Doig plays, fans want him to do good, and um, they'll overlook um, any negatives in his performance, um, such as a couple of weeks back against Aberdeen when he got man of the match. Um, I thought that that was a game that I was going on in the group chat, wasn't it? Uh, well, I think when he scored Hamilton, it was Hamilton. Hamilton, sorry, Hamilton. Well, when he uh, wanted up to be taken off. I um I, f- I genuinely thought he had a very poor first half. He was good in the second half, and everybody was singing his praises and saying he was the best player on the pitch. I think that when Stevenson plays, everybody Stevenson will have a solid game, but he'll misplace two passes here, he'll put two cro- poor crosses in, and everybody will slate him. I think that Doig's good, but I think it's the way that we looked at Hearts when they would praise Aaron Hickey, and I think it's to the stage where we almost overpraised Doig. Um, I'd I'd much rather that's the way that we treat them though, and I'd rather um, put these players on a pedestal so they enjoy the fans yeah. and they feel that they're loved by the club. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think it is motivation motivation as well because I I don't think that a lot of players will shy away from looking at Twitter after the game, and if he if he types his, if he types Josh Doig into Twitter, he'll just see like thousands of Hibs fans saying, "I love this boy. This boy's brilliant. Let's get him signed up onto a lifetime contract and that." So, yeah, I think he benefits from the fact he's young and his fans actually want him to do well as opposed to some other players in which fans seem happy for them to fail. Yeah, I think as well, like, we've obviously seen Stevie Bradley once and think we were quite impressed with him. Would you like to see him even get... I know he wasn't on the bench at the weekend, but... If I'm being honest, it'll come on for... I think if there's situations where he can come on, yeah, but... I don't mean this like we were impressed, but we were four 0 up away yeah. to Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like no, I know, I know. I I I guess it's just um kind of would be like we would like to see. You always want like, younger always, players, and you always like to see young players come in and yeah. well and get their opportunities. So don't when I say no, I mean I'm not against it, but I don't think this now is the time. I yeah. think I think the time may if. If we're nine points clear of Aberdeen with two games to go in the season, start them. Then, then I, <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Or but I'm still going to get a start though. Or if we're away to Queen of the South in the cup and, and we're three 0 up with 15 yeah. minutes to go and he's on the bench or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think when you've got league important league points to win, I don't think that's necessarily the time to be to be trialing yeah. trialing an error a wee bit. Um, just yeah. before we we move on to. High B of the week um, with a twist, uh, and and then Harry's High B quiz. What 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 are we going for score predictions? I know that was a very loose and very loud and very aggressive and very uh, argumentative Ross County preview. Greg, what are you taking for a score prediction for this weekend? Yeah, I would like to say that me and you and are still friends after that. Um, <laughs> are we? For for me, I'll I'll go one nil Hibs. Nisbet. There we go, there's a, there's a, there's a bold shout. Nice. Harry? Um, I'll go for 4-3 hips. It's going to be a goal fest because I, I'm, I'm just going to shout it into the universe and hope for the best. <laughs> I don't care if we're Ross defensively County, crap. I just want to see goals. County and John Hughes are not opposed to scoring goals. So. Okay. And we're not opposed to conceding them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for a very professional... Because let's, let's be honest, this, I, I, I think we got caught up and I think we just, this is a huge game. Uh, I think Greg did, was sort of starting to touch on that. This is a huge game and a really big opportunity for Hibs and 
if, if, if we can go six points clear to Aberdeen with eight games to go, then get the, get the beach ball blown up. Like, <laughs> we... <laughs> they need more. That's what hurts. <laughs> so, for me, I think we'll go out and get the job done. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be exciting. <laughs> uh, I think we'll win 2-0. Um, I'm going on the same chain of thought as, uh, as, as Greg. I'd like to see Kevin Nisbet score. Um, and I'd also like to see Christian Doyle score, so fuck it. Both are strikers. We've got, they've got one goal between them in 2021, and they're both going to score at the weekend. Right then, so we've wrapped up the Ross County game, vaguely talking about it, vaguely arguing about it. And Harry stuck in the middle. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's not really many positive High Bill of the Week nominations this week or uh, possibilities for nominations. So what we're going for, we've done not so High Bill of the Week the other week. This week we're going for anti-High Bill of the Week. So who is person non gratis number one in your opinion for Hibernian Football Club this week? Harry, set us off. P.S. Sorry for not um, the week out last week. Uh, no, nah, I'm sure they didn't mind. But for me, I'm not actually going to pick a person. I'm going to pick um, something that is the most anti-Hibernian football club thing of all time. We had one small exception um, in 2016. But aside from that, happiness is the anti-Hibi. And this week, I am very unhappy with Hibs. So happiness is definitely the anti-Hibs of the week. And that is my answer. That was utter garbage, Greg. You and you go before me, please. Okay, do you need some? You need some time to build up, yeah. I don't need time. I just want to finish it off. <laughs> okay. Well, mine's going to be Josh Taylor. I mean, oh, come on! Absolutely chronic, wasn't it? Absolutely chronic. What is he up to? I mean, I'm assuming it's so he can sell some tickets for his fight, but he can fuck off in my eyes. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. That is, that is grim. See if Hibs get him, see if Hibs fucking get him in the training centre or that again, or even like, was it Friday or something, they were tweeting him with the wee players, did their wee boxing things. Fuck Aye. off. Like, nah, that's no good. Any self-respecting Hibs fans that calls the rain, the Rangers people, um, the teddy bears, get to fuck. Yes. And if ever firmly on that bus, I would be saying any of that because you will spark me clean out. But um, hopefully, doesn't listen to this. But let's be really fucking Disney because they come does. Greg, (laughs) we know what's coming here. Hey, is it me to go now? I hope you hope. See us out hope of this section. Hope you've got your seatbelts on for this. I've, I've actually slated a Moss season uh, and I, the, the hate is growing by the day and the weekend was beyond a joke. David Tanner, don't you dare work for my club and tweet about Rangers and praise them and how no sharks were harmed. Anymore? Absolutely, genuinely disgusting. He honestly tweeted about Rangers f- three, four, five times over the weekend. It was about an- how congratulations Rangers, this Rangers, that Rangers, like mate, go and tuck it in. So obviously, I'm 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 a like, Liverpool follow Liverpool as well, and um, I seen that he said in Talksport that 
this the the journey Gerard's had at Rangers is just as good as the journey he had in Istanbul with Liverpool, and I was like, nah. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? Just to compare Mister Tanner's mindset, right? Uh, I hate them both. The old firm both do not wish them any good. So Celtic had a protest in November, I think it was, and. Tanner was, was right on the old. Was it not the, the, the League Cup semi or something, or the League Cup final? They started the Scottish Cup semi or something. That no, it's after they got beat off Ross County. Aye. The I thought his tweet was about the the, the, the fans meeting them, no? Maybe I'm wrong. It was. Um, anyway, sorry. So I think it was the night they were protesting outside Parkhead. And he's saying, oh, this is disgusting. Um, should be ashamed of themselves breaking breaking COVID rules and all that. But then as soon as Rangers do it, no sharks are harmed. Like you actually couldn't nail your colours to the mast any clearer. And I don't want that. That that is like look, I've got no issue with people who've supported Rangers before playing for the club, Jamie Murphy, Scott Allen. But they don't tweet about it. They're not tweeting, oh, what about fifty five? Like, no. And the thing is, no, Jamie, you're, you're an, an employee of a Bernian football club. Read the room before you tweet. So, pff, I can't promise the telly will be in one piece when the match comes back on. I'll put my foot right through it. <laughs> uh, I genuinely hate him and I wish him nothing but the worst. And I hope he gets banned at the end of the season, if not before then. Hibs were so, quick to bring out a statement about Irvin Welsh having a laugh, but uh, David Tanner can spend his weekend tweeting about Rangers and not a peep is said. But there we go. It'll be it'll be interesting um, to see what the sort because of, obviously the season ticket campaign I'd imagine will be coming up towards the end of this month. I'm pretty sure that if if you took up the sort of ten monthly payments option or that, I, mm. um, I think that I think this month's the last payment. I know some people's were potential last month, so I think it might roll into next month. Did you get extra content? And no one would discuss this on numerous occasions. Funny that. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see certainly how they package it and stuff like that. And I do think that um, if an element of the package is the match, um, because obviously there can be no guarantee when, when we get back mm-hmm. to football. And even if we do, I think I think they'll need to have something because the likelihood is not everyone will be able to go back initially. Um, it'll be interesting to see what their plan is and I mean this like I think I'd, I, I've tried to not get annoyed at Tanner all season I know you used to have been blowing a gasket over him uh, every fucking Meet week Harry are firmly in the Tanner out camp I've just been sort of chilling like, I've just been sort of chilling like he's just a fucking presenter like, like but I but think not now. I think it'll be a, I mean, I mean, I'm being serious I think it'll be a hard sell I really I think if you're trying to mm-hmm. promote the match as and getting people to buy a season ticket and stuff, I think it'll be difficult enough after a year of not being there. And I think I don't know how many people like, actually actually like Tanner doing the match. I think you'd rather see someone like Gary O'Connor do it. You get a much better laugh at him. Eh? <laughs> I, I I don't understand why we can't just. And I, I know maybe Kenny Miller's doing like he's mm-hmm. like maybe the social media stuff, but there must be someone internally that that could host it or something. Yeah. To, uh, to be honest, anyone's better than Tanner. I think they've went. Anyone. I think they've tried to go down the sort of the sort of professional vibe and make it more of a product and stuff like that. And I think the match overall has been 
good value for money with the, the pre-match, the post-match stuff and stuff. But unfortunately, David Tanner has been a little bit of stain on that. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to win that poll. Um, but it's my favourite time of the week. It, I've been saying it's comeback season all season. Um, but what's the score? We're back to, to, to nine, nine, seven. Eight, nine, seven, nine, seven. So nine, seven. Okay, mate, I, I've been saying Hibs are boring all season. So <laughs> I'll keep Can saying. Can I just say, used to an absolute tangent Kings this evening. You went on about a 15 minute tangent on whether or not the boys had any balls. And then you just went on about a 30 minute tangent on David Tanner when everybody hates him anyway. <laughs> I, feel I feel much better now. Much, much better. We've maybe not just established our displeasure enough. So maybe it was about time that we did. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's building up, Harry. Anyway, we've had a long episode, so we'll try and make it a quick, short one. I've actually got a plot twist for you. I've fallen out with Hibs, if you did not know. So this version of the Harry Highby quiz is less Highby, and it's more about uh, Ewan and Greg. Ooh. So this is actually a Ewan and Greg get, Harry get quiz. <laughs> So it, it still counts points towards the season, but I'm quite confident you are going to lose a few points this week. So I'm actually going to start you both on two points. Okay. And then we'll see I'm how we lose points, you. I, I think you are going to lose quite a lot of points because I'm going to disagree with quite a lot of your life choices, but here we are. <laughs> All right, so question number one. Thanks, mate. If you're unfamiliar with the Harry Highby quiz, it is a loosely Hibs-related quiz, even less so um, than normal this week, in which Ewan and Greg often fail to impress me and lose a lot of points and gain a few points on the way. So anyway, question number one. Um, tea or coffee, and how do you take it? Um, coffee for... Depends what time of day it is. Right, well, well I'll, I'll, I'll split this one because I think this one's a bit topical, so um, we'll let Ewan go first because he just started first there, but Ewan, how, how do you take, what do you go for? Coffee. Uh, and how do you take it? Eh, milk, um, milk, uh, milk. Um, <laughs> Loads of milk. Quite, I quite like a quite like a flavoured coffee. We've got a wee coffee machine, so Gary maybe caramel macchiato on the go. Or sometimes we spruce it up, and I'm quite fond of quite fond of an iced coffee. Then now my my bank statement is reading Starbucks far too much, and I've been driving down to Starbucks probably two or three times a week and uh, actually when I went at the weekend I had an iced chai tea latte that was a uh, world class like cinnamon in that world class all right uh, well I'm, I'm going to try and keep a relative tempo to this so I'll cut you off there you and thank you for that answer Greg you go all right we'll, we'll go based on on the morning then so what I'll, I'll like a, I like a wee coffee I don't like any flavor coffee just your standard uh, put the coffee in Bowling. he likes boring stuff I do like boring stuff. That's why I, I love Hibs. Um, <laughs> put the coffee in, then I put the milk in, and then I put the water in. Um, obviously, boiling. Uh, you know, j- just just to clarify that, uh, no sugar. I'm sweet enough. Um, so yeah. All right. So we're going to start off with a minus two point deduction for you in on the basis of the fact that you absolutely disgusted me by the fact that you can't just make a coffee in your own house. You drive to Starbucks no, every day. That's bang at the order. And you, yeah. drive there, you drive there for flavoured coffees. Flavoured coffees are for children. They're for children. Coffee machine. Oh, coffee machine, smoffy machine. All right, you got deducted two points. And Greg, what was it? You said something. You, you put your milk in before you put in the water. You're supposed to do that with coffee so you don't burn the... So you don't... Wait, so that you don't burn the... 
I'm currently taking points off Greg, and you're sticking up for Greg. All right, you and you've lost three points, so you're on minus one. Greg, you're losing one point because you've annoyed me as well by putting the milk in first. Because personally, <laughs> I think that's a bit stupid, and I'm I'm standing on that hill, and that's where I'm going to die. So we're going into the next round. You and started on two on minus one. Greg started on two is on one. All right, that was terrible. Let's try and pick it up for there, boys. Um, if you were only allowed to eat one kind of sandwich for the rest of your life. What sandwich would you choose? It can be a sub or whatever. Some some variation of bread with fillings in it. Greg, you you go first. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go off the sub then, um, and it'll be a chicken bacon ranch melt. Lovely stuff. Okay. What type of sauce you got on it? I don't really have sauce in it to be fair, mate. I have onions with it as well. I, I like to keep it quite quite boring. Is that not? I'm not. Can I make a really ob- observation? Is the whole ranch melt no the ranch sauce? Is that no? Is that no just the that? melt? The melt is is the cheese. So I just have it like ranch that. Ranch was like the ranch sauce. It's something now. I don't know, mate. I, I just Sorry. have it like that. Um, don't question my choices. Other sandwich shops <laughs> are available. Referee, have a word. Other sandwich shops <laughs> are available. Right, I'm I'm going to go for a wee homemade fairly right. Um, I've been qu- quite partial. Um, recently, so like getting like a nice um, panini bread, putting it in the like in the George Foreman, obviously to get it all melted and that, and then on that, basically rip off a Subway Italian BMT, but with some merchant in it. So we're talking chicken, uh, ham, maybe some, and then some some maybe like Spanish meats like chorizo or maybe a salami and that in there as well. Some barbecue sauce, maybe a wee bit of lettuce. Press it down in the grill. Bash bash bosh. All right, well, um, I just want to say I went to Philadelphia once at a time in my life, um, but one of the best things, if not the best thing I ever ate, I got a hoagie, which is essentially just everything you could ever have in a sandwich put onto one stub, and it was amazing. Um, Ewan's answer sounded relatively similar to that, so Ewan, you get a point for that, so congratulations on getting the first point. Um, Greg, it sounded like you were too reliant on someone else to make your sandwiches for you, and that kind of disappointed me, so you are losing a point for that. Um Aye, yeah, and plus, I, I think I think that if you're going for a ranch, it does sound like you do need ranch dressing. That was actually a good point for a change from you. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, we're sitting on nil nil, even though you both started on two, and we're into question three. So you're stuck in a room um, for two weeks straight, and you're only allowed to pick one TV series and one film. It can either be a collection of films, or it can be one film that will just be played on a constant loop. You can't fast forward or skip. It's just you're stuck in a room. You've got your food supplies and it's just going to play non-stop. Even when you're sleeping in that, you can't turn the volume down. You get your volume, you pick it, you're in the room with the same TV show or film for two weeks straight. Okay. What TV show, what film? Right, so the obvious one for me would be Harry Potter. I mean, I'm, I, that's, like, I love that, but I'm not, I'm not going to go for that. Um, I'm going to go for the US office. I think it's really, really easy to watch. Um, and because you said it's going to be on when you sleep and stuff, uh, I've started re-watching it and most times I fall asleep watching it. So don't want anything that's going to get too loud to jolt me up in my sleep or anything like that. So just easy watching, have it on in the background, get a wee laugh and you can still fall asleep. Just say so you get a film as well so you can fall oh, Harry Potter in there. Oh, cool, the film and the TV show. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll have... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have uh, the Harry Potter series as well then. And Greg? I'll go for Friends and D2, The Mighty Ducks. What a mm-hmm. film. 
Excellent film. That's one when they go to the Olympics. So I like that one. Well, you can take the whole series if you want. Oh, go on then. Give me all three. <laughs> go on then. Go on then. So generous, Harry. Go on okay. then. Um, yeah, what? Friends, easy watching, enjoyable. Right. Never get sick of it. Can I just, um, I'm a and people, that people that don't like Friends, uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just think it's. Someone said to me the other day that how I met your mother's better than Friends, and I nearly fucking slapped them. Man, that is the worst take all the time. I, th- I think you made a mistake there. You definitely should have. Um, <laughs> Can I just say how I met your mother would have been a ten times better show if it didn't. I, I won't give spoilers, but the end's not great. Let's just say that. Anyway, um, you both gave great TV shows to watch um, great and uh, the good thing is uplifting funny you can actually stomach mm-hmm. that for two weeks um, great films as well you just both get a point each for each thing so well done you are back up to two you are on the neutral ground congratulations um, alright this one's quite a good one um, what is the largest animal you could take in combat with no weapons so realistically what animal do you think you could take in a fight Greg you go first but what animal could you take in a fight with no weapons and we're going for oh, size oh. Like, you can either judge your size on height or weight. It's up to you. I'm going for a spider. I'm a fucking shy bag. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was going to be ambitious, but I won't be as ambitious. I don't know. I'll say a seal. Just pick it up and fuck it back with C. It's not going to come back for that, is it? It's not going to come... <laughs> paddling after you, so just pick <laughs> it up and launch it straight back to see. No, right. Animal I could take in a fight with no weapons. Um, Spider sounds about right. You'd probably uh, still phone me to sort out, I know. We'll say that you're stuck in like... I'll go for a rat, because we all know that there's human-sized versions of them. Hey! All right, well, well, I'm, I want to chime in because I've got an answer. Um, I, I like I like Greg's answer because I think I could take any aquatic animal in a fight. I, I don't think that they'd be able to beat me on land, and that's where I'd be choosing to fight them. So I could definitely take a shark. I reckon I could beat a shark no if they're on land. Um, I like I'd, I'd avoid the face, but I think I could just get on its back and just pound it until it died. And I also think in terms of um an animal on land, I think I could batter a deer. No animal. I just think deers look like shite bags. A deer would fuck you up, mate. Nah, I, I reckon I could take a deer. Hundred percent, I could take a deer. Yeah, no, no questions I was, asked. I was playing golf uh, last Sunday, and three of them sprinted down the golf course. Fucking shat myself. Well, if, all right, I'm going to go points this yeah, round. Um, you had a lack of belief in my abilities to take out a deer, so Ewan's losing a point for that round. Um, and he didn't really give any good answers for. Um, He's gonna batter yeah, so you and Harry fight sleep. Okay, <laughs> like, nah, fair. Um, and Greg, I liked your answer. I definitely think you could take a seal and just do like bush, bush, bush a seal just to launch each it. Side. Pick up, would, pick like, up, holding back it back and you go. I buy, buy like the tail and just like boom, boom, boom. I just like, <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Eh? Um, so you get a point for that. Um, so we're going to the final question. What? Why are we talking about battering animals? It's like, <laughs> Anyway, we're going to the final question. I just had to put it, place it nicely back in the sea. <laughs> all right, well, you've lost that point, so you're back down to two. Um, all right, so we're going to the final question. Greg's got a one-point advantage, and we're going to go back to slightly Hibs related. Um, if you had to go on a game show, um, what game show would you go on? And you can take any Hibs player or anyone associated with Hibs, past or present, to go on with you. to, And we'll say the prize pool um, for whatever show you pick for this one-off occasion is a million pounds. 
that you can split with the Hibs player that you choose if you win it. Okay. Right, I'm going to go for the chase and Alan Gordon because you sent us a little bit from 442 magazine where Hibs are mentioned uh, this week in terms of our claims to fame. And funnily enough, there's no mention of any top-level podcasts, which the club certainly have on the go. Um, but <laughs> Alan Gordon, and it says, so smart cookie Gordon went on to become an accountant for famous high BR in Welsh and was even a Spanish interpreter in the European Parliament. So he's got to be up where the most clever Hibs players. So I'll take Alan Gordon and we'll go on the chase because any other game show is irrelevant. I, I do like that. That's good. Um, possibly deal or no deal. Are you going to get Martin Boyle to be the banker or something? Nah, nah, nah. Um, I'll have Christian Doys with me because he's shite in the books and all, so <laughs> that'll make two of us. <laughs> oh god you see you always have this you have stonker answers you have crap answers now it gets to the last one you both give a good answer each um, but I'm afraid to say it's only misery for one of you and you and I did like your answer that round but it's not enough to earn you points to get above Greg you've both got a point each for that round so final score technically 1-0 Greg but actually 3-2 to Greg so Greg you win and you're the first one to reach double digits because that's now 10-7 on the season so it's back up to a three point lead yep. for Greg come back uh, season though I um, hopefully us not doing a high B quiz will translate into Hibs actually winning a football match definitely not going to happen but we've tried our best oh Fucking hell. I can't believe and it. How, how, did, how, did you, how did you find the not-so-high-B quiz? Did you enjoy it? Or, uh... I did. I did. It was nice to not think about Hibs for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say that there was no animals harmed in the recording of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to say that I would not throw a seal in the water. I would gently place it. Uh, put it back with its family. So. They, they too might be animal beating bastards, but I certainly am they. So, <laughs> anyway. Well, that, that's harsh. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us once in fucking hell. <laughs> well, <laughs> for me. Thanks for listening again. Hopefully, we're back next week with a little bit more to talk about and a little bit more positivity to talk about. Hibs are obviously waiting Ross County next, this weekend. Catch us next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.